Welcome to the Rise and Search podcast. I'm your host, David Lovejoy, inviting you on an exploration of the global business landscape. Join me as we discover insights from world-class professionals. Anita Huberman, thank you for joining us today. Could you please tell us a little bit about your background in your own words? So I'm the president and CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade. I've been president for 17 years and with the organization for 30 years. I just, you know, I started when I was 19 years old. Uh, That's how I paid for university. I worked one day a week, worked my summers for tuition. And then I left the Board of Trade. I worked for a year at the Royal Bank in their customer service management training program and then returned back to the Board of Trade, uh, working and starting as an executive assistant, all the way to uh, an events manager, operations manager. And I applied for the top job when I was 32. And I've been president ever since for that space of time. Unheard of for someone that's young, female, South Asian to be in this space at that time. And we are one of the top 10 largest chambers of commerce, boards of trades in Canada. There are 430 of us. Our whole mandate in Surrey is to support business and bring business into the city through a very diversified service portfolio. I'm a a registered government lobbyist. I advocate and instigate change at the different levels of government. We have an international trade center where we create global business connections for local businesses, 30 different country partnerships, uh, different trade services. We have a business center. We start up and scale up businesses. If they're starting a business, we do their paperwork for them, so to speak. We are also a concierge of connections. We have 150 events of our own, another 150 in collaboration with others. We're a very dynamic, active, community-oriented stakeholder that's also focused on livability issues in addition to economic development activities. We also have 6,000 member contacts within our organization, very diversified, representing really the very diversified industry base that Surrey has. So um, I manage everything. Uh, Basically, I report to a board of directors but I manage the organization, a team of 10, another five on contract to really ensure that we are addressing our economic needs for our businesses in as much as we can. And certainly uh, we've been doing that very successfully for the past 17 years. Well, congratulations. That's really impressive. Starting so young, that speaks to your leadership and drive. So that's really great that you're still a member of the Board of Trade after all these years. You were also, if I'm not mistaken, according to your LinkedIn profile, an honorary captain in the Royal Canadian Navy. Could you talk a little bit about what that role entailed? So I do many things. In addition to my full-time job at the Surrey Board of Trade, and one of them is an appointment by our National Defense Minister, that is an honorary captain of the Royal Canadian Navy. There's 40 of us in the country that are ambassadors of the Navy, where we wear the uniform, we speak in front of different audiences on the economic importance of the Navy. And we also connect the Navy to audiences and connections that they would otherwise not have connections to. So really, it's part of the armed forces. So I'm serving my third term of a three-year term. So I've been serving, I guess, now for eight years. And I have no military background, but definitely, you know, we have an opportunity. We have the most number of military families that live in Surrey and in the South Fraser region. So we're hoping to 
have a second naval base uh, in Surrey, in addition to the one uh, at HMCS Discovery in Stanley Park. But I report myself to the Esquimalt base on Vancouver Island. But I do many other things um, or have done many other things. For example, I sit on regional economic development boards for Metro Vancouver, our local government economic development board. I sit on our university business school boards and advisory bodies. I was on the board of Canada's National Film Board for six years, which is an appointment by the Heritage Minister. I now serve with our Minister of Persons with Disabilities, Diversity and Inclusion as co-chair of Canada's Disability Business Inclusion Council to really drive better outcomes for small and medium-sized businesses to hire persons with disabilities. So you can see that there's touch points in different communities and different angles that really lend foundation to the work that I do in the community organization that is the Surrey Board of Trade. Thanks for sharing that. You're very involved with your community, more than pretty much anyone I've ever spoken to in the world. So, you know, congratulations and thank you for your service on behalf of the greater community. I was wondering, are there any programs that you've developed over your tenure that you're most proud of or that you think stand out in your mind as the largest accomplishment you have so far? Well, it's the implementation of our International Trade Center and the recognition that we have that initiative and program and center. And we are a driving force in that space, especially since we have 111 different languages that are spoken in our city. So uh, that type of talent, expertise and experience from all over the world is quite attractive to creating those global business connections for our local businesses, but also for our workforce to address those types of challenges that we're facing around labor needs, skill needs. And that's the second portfolio that I'm really proud to implement is our workforce development portfolio around implementing the only Surrey Labor Market Intelligence Research Reports that really help businesses around short-term, long-term business planning, really ensuring that we partnered with the BC government to create the only Surrey Labor Market Report in October 2019, just before the pandemic hit us. We have created trifecta economic partnerships by training newcomers and partnering with immigrant serving organizations and then having us place them in businesses where there is a labor need. For example, in the construction sector, hospitality sector, we have an 85% success rate around employment sustainability. And no other chamber board of trade is really doing that uh, around workforce development. And I would say the third piece is around our government advocacy. You know, when I first started in this position, no one really knew anything about our brand, about our government advocacy. And my team and I were able to turn that around very quickly by being proactive, differentiating ourselves from the competition and ensuring that we're at the forefront of issues to instigate ideas, concepts and change at every level of government. And we're well known for that now. You also serve as a mentor? I do. We have a youth alumni and portfolio. I do serve as mentors to different uh, universities and private colleges that we work with. I wouldn't say I'm a mentor to any specific individual. There's so many that ask me for advice every day, and I try to be there where I possibly can. 
and provide my advice, but I'm not the expert in everything. But certainly, I'm not a mentor in the structured sense of being a mentor, but I certainly am asked to provide support, guidance uh, where needed in the different spaces that I'm in, in Surrey. Okay, that's great. Could you talk at all about a memorable experience you have in the capacity of mentor, perhaps like to many people? I would say it really is to, for example, most recently to Western Community College, which is actually our joint venture partner for our second location, which is our Surrey Tech and Skills Center. And, you know, mainly, uh, you know, they are a group of newcomers, but also domestic students uh, that are looking for inspiration, entrepreneurship skills. They're looking for advice on whether it's they're being trained in the hospitality sector or in general in terms of a convocation speech that I recently delivered to Western Community College's graduation a couple of weeks ago. And so many came to me and said they were inspired by my story and wanted advice. They'd emailed me asking for further guidance. And, you know, I help where I can. I can't spend a lot of time with everyone, but hopefully I'm making a difference in the little ways that I can. It certainly seems so. You've already inspired me. (laughs) I'd like to talk a little bit about the National Film Board of Canada. That's really interesting. You were there six years, correct? Yes. So what led to you joining them and what led to you deciding to move on out of curiosity? Well, it was only an appointment for six years. So you maxed out on the board Ah. after six years. And it was an appointment by the heritage minister. So it's not something that I applied for. The commissioner of the film board at the time approached me. He had been in Surrey, was very impressed with things that we're doing in the film industry space, but also from an economic development and governance perspective, and so asked me to participate. And of course, Surrey is very important to Ottawa. It's going to be the largest city in British Columbia very soon. So it was important for federal government to have Surrey represent representatives on their different appointments that they have on different crown councils. And it was a great opportunity for me because I don't have a film background, but I do have a governance background in terms of board governance. And I am able to tie principles and concepts together pretty quickly. And, you know, I wasn't in charge of film productions or anything like that. That's operational. Not yet. But, you know, certainly it was an introduction into an amazing industry in our nation. And the National Film Board is Canada's film production agency to really ensure that Canadian films are being produced. The Canadian stories in both English and French are being produced and also in Indigenous languages. Nice. How do you see the intersection of film and community development? Well, it's a matter of storytelling. I mean, that's why I always say as part of our action plan at the Surrey Board of Trade that education and transportation also are foundations of driving an economy. But when you are bringing in the story of film through a visual concept into our K-12 school system and you're teaching them about the history, for example, of our Indigenous peoples, and that's produced, you know, through our National Film Board, we're able to say through education that it develops communities, it develops a narrative to learn from history and to further 
enhance community, economic, and social development. So it all ties together. We are building a film industry, and not only from a Canadian context, but also an international context. We've had around 670 film and TV productions in Surrey in production since 2017. Wow. So it's quite a player, especially since we're a border city. And we're trying to make Surrey a Bollywood film destination as well, bridging our Indian diaspora into Surrey as well. But certainly we need the infrastructure, studio space, uh, purpose-built studio space for that to be the case. And we're working on that with private sector investors. But there is an intersection between film, economic development, community development, and also education. Okay. Well, thank you for that. What personal values guide your decision-making process, especially when facing challenging situations? Well, the personal values are really related to, is it right for our socioeconomic circumstances? You know, is it going to be fair? Are we going to be honest? Are we going to be truthful? Are we going to hide behind something in order to please others? You know, these are things that I think about before making decisions. Okay. And so definitely those are the guiding principles. Not everyone agrees with that, but uh, it's been a winning formula for me. I know, you know, sometimes people kind of get rattled by me speaking the truth, but you have to be honest in order to move forward. And I do believe in that. Great. How do you adapt to change? And what advice would you give others for embracing change? Well, change in different circumstances is, you know, challenging, but you have to take a deep breath. In some cases, it's easy. You just go with the flow. You know, I sometimes come into this office like a robot and every minute is change. Every minute is a different meeting. All of a sudden you have a meeting with a minister or you are helping a member with a government red tape item or, or something is happening that you didn't expect. So you just adapt. And I'm used to doing that within my mind and within my body. But there are other elements of change that may be personal where, you know, a family member is sick. And so you have to be able to handle that and be able to accommodate that within your busy lifestyle. So I just take a deep breath. You know, I think about, you know, what I need to do next. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. And I know everyone sees me as a very strong woman. And in some cases, most cases I am. But it also depends on the circumstance and the situation. Okay. You mentioned some of the synergies between the community in Surrey and the business impact for its growth. Are there any other areas that you would highlight or like to see synergy form between the community and its potential? Well, I think really we have an opportunity to harness our newcomers. We uh, are at the highest newcomer and refugee destination. And to ensure that uh, every person has entrepreneurial and workplace pathways, whereas at the same time, ensuring that we have livable infrastructure within the city. So that's part of the renewed economic and jobs plan that the city of Surrey is now engaging in, that we're hoping for and advocating for that will speak to that. So it's not only about industry targets and KPIs, 
you know, it's really ensuring that every single person matters in this economy around entrepreneurial pathways. So it's linking those pieces. The second element is around our waterways. Uh, making sure our waterways, that Surrey is the destination around our Fraser River, around our ocean front facing areas within the city, and implementing uh, innovative transportation infrastructure with private sector partnerships, which is known to be done around the world in very expedient ways to be able to unite the city, to be able to make different areas a destination and to encourage additional private sector partnerships to make our city a destination. So those are two high-level pieces that come front and center. I mean, others will say, well, we need transportation infrastructure. You know, we need more healthcare, And absolutely, we need all those livability assets. And we're working on that. But certainly, you know, part and parcel, you know, those are the two pieces that I can speak to. Okay, great. So future aspiration and goals. Looking ahead, what are some goals or projects that you're excited about for the Surrey Board of Trade? Well, I'm excited about our second location. Uh, it's like a business startup for us, our Surrey Tech and Skills Center. So we have our main location, of course, that we're keeping. And then the second location, which will open next year. And certainly we're excited about starting up and scaling up tech businesses, making Surrey a tech destination, incubating different economic projects, and really enhancing our trade center and the opportunities around that and really ensuring government is at the table with us because we're a not-for-profit and we need government support to ensure that we're enabling Surrey opportunities. It's not only about Vancouver anymore, it's about Surrey and the South Fraser economic region. You mentioned uh, government support within Canada. Do you also accept donations from abroad for international relations? Well, I wouldn't say donations. It's more about situating private public sector partnerships. And we're not a charitable organization. We're under the Federal Ministry of Economic Development, certainly. But we act as a standalone not-for-profit under a special legislation under the Federal Ministry of Economic Development. But uh, the opportunity for private sector global partnerships is absolutely appealing Mm. and has to be on the table. And I've said that to our political leaders, to our government representatives, that we need to think more innovatively instead of just relying on the taxpayer dollar to do what is needed to be done. Have you lived in the Lower Mainland your whole life? Since 1984, I lived in Prince George for 10 years, but I was born in Alberta. Okay. I'm a recent immigrant myself. I was curious, how would you talk about the cultural difference between Vancouver and its like downtown sector and its approach to business versus Surrey and its approach to business? Well, I would say, you know, here in Surrey, we're... And I would say that even those that I work with would say we're willing to take a risk. You know, we're starting from the ground up in terms of building a city. Vancouver has a very established culture. It's not easy to navigate through. Surrey is much more open to, you know, building those relationships and partnerships and certainly connecting to do what is needed to be done and to take that entrepreneurial risk. And, you know, when you're taking that entrepreneurial risk, some things work and some things don't. 
And we have that appetite that, you know, that if you fail, you just start all over again. And I think that's the culture of our ecosystem here in Surrey, that it is in Vancouver to a certain extent, but I would say it's even more appealing and more established here in Surrey. That's great to hear. I interviewed a gentleman who was an immigrant to the U.S. and an entrepreneur, and he says in his mind, immigrants are entrepreneurs because essentially they're taking a big risk to make an impact and they have to innovate and have to adapt and are basically their startup is essentially their life. What do you think about that analogy? I absolutely agree. I mean, I was co-chair of Surrey's Immigration Council when the Syrian refugee crisis happened. And many Syrians came to Surrey because we have the wraparound support services. Many of them couldn't find jobs. And many of them came to our business center to start businesses. They needed to create livelihoods for their families. And so I would say absolutely, yes. I mean, either you are going to survive. It's not easy to be a newcomer in Canada. They may sell it otherwise abroad as being easy, but it is not easy. And my dad arrived in Canada in 1968, my mom in 1972, and it wasn't easy for them. But you have to work really hard. You have to think creatively. And sometimes it's through a career progression. And sometimes it's through an entrepreneurial progression. Mm. Bit of a outside the box sort of question for you, but speaking to the, I think you said 110 different countries represented. There are 11 different languages that are spoken. In 111 different languages. So the question was about language. We're all communicating in the lower mainland, primarily in English. What are your thoughts on having a multilingual education system so that each member of the lower mainland has to be fluent in two or three languages? Yeah, I would say that's a huge asset to our workforce, especially since we're living in a global economy. I mean, certainly in Surrey, you know, it's not French. That's the second highest spoken language. It's Punjabi Mm -hmm. and then Tagalog, you know, for the Filipino community, then Mandarin for the Chinese community. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely, I think in some schools, uh, they're offering the option of French or Spanish, but, you know, to make it mandatory. And it actually grows your mind. It actually enables your mind to be stronger when you have different languages that you're learning from a very young age as well. Your mind is developing actually up until the age of 25. So uh, you want to take advantage of those younger years of learning where your mind is like a sponge. Yeah, I agree. So what is your advice for aspiring young leaders in nonprofit or the business sector? Well, that's a challenging question because it depends on what their initial goals are. Mm. And that's what they need to ask themselves. I think number one, my advice would be, you know, get away from your cell phone to talk to people, talk face to face. That's the only way to create relationships and to get to know another person. So often in order to make that sale, you can't do it by Zoom. You can't do it by phone. You have to do it face to face. And especially in the multicultural community that we live in, and during the pandemic, it was very challenging for our multicultural community to do business over Zoom. And so as soon as we reopened our office, people were in, of course, you know, maintaining our health and safety protocols. But you have to be able to speak to a person face to face. You need to learn how to be social. You need to learn the art of conversation. 
And it's not always going to be easy. Some people are more closed than others. Some people are busier than others. But that's the number one advice that I would say to any aspiring young professional or young entrepreneur. I think that's sound advice. Great advice. With your role, you're making a lot of business relationships and connections. Do you travel a lot for your work or is it more arranging people to visit you when they're coming to British Columbia? For the most part, it's uh, people coming to see me Okay, from all over the world. I do take trade missions to different parts of the world. Uh, those could be maybe twice a year. I travel nationally within the country here and there, but it's not an active part of my position. But of course, I travel quite actively within the Metro Vancouver area for my position. Yeah. Who are some of your heroes? Well, my hero is my mom. You know, she came to this country, didn't speak a word of English. She was 19 years old. She had me when she was very young at 19. And she put herself through school. And she's now the CFO for Langara Student Unions College. For wow. Langara College. And, you know, she has her own side business. She's treasurer for Strata. She's treasurer for a church. So she does a lot of different things, but she's a hardworking woman and a role model that I've aspired to be. And, you know, it's not always easy to raise a daughter, but she'll be the first one to say that. But certainly it's very inspiring to see what her journey has been and continues to be. Seems like high performance runs in the family. Yes, absolutely. How important do you think it is for business leaders to be involved in the community and national service? I think it's very important. I think it needs to be taught in the K-12 sector. And I believe to a certain extent it is towards high school graduation and course credits that the ability to have civic service is very important in that sense of belonging and giving back to the community and even voting. Voting is a right of being a Canadian citizen, and yet only 20-25% of Canadian residents vote uh, in the federal election, for example, which is appalling. Mm -hmm. But in any case, we do our civic duty to try to educate our young people. We go into the K-12 school system. We have grades 4 to 6 programming, 4 to 7 programming, grades 9 to 12 programming to really ensure that not only are they learning, Uh, entrepreneurial programming, but they're also ensuring the ability to give back to their communities and why it's important. So hopefully we're making a difference. Certainly seems so. Well, Anita Huberman, thank you so much for sharing a bit about your background and the vision for Surrey and the Surrey Board of Trade. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to highlight before we close? Well, just that Surrey is an opportunity city. We're going to be the largest city in British Columbia in about 12 years. And I encourage all of your listeners to check out our great city of Surrey. And where can they follow the developments of Surrey Board of Trade and Surrey in general? Well, check us out at businessinsurrey.com or check out our city of Surrey, our local government uh, webpage. And you can uh, check us out also on social media. Great. Well, thank you for being an inspiration for many. Have a great day. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Search podcast. I hope that our conversation has sparked some new ideas and given you valuable insights that you can carry forward in your own journey. Until next time, eyes on the horizon. Mm-hmm.